Iris and Amanda are in exactly the same place. Where do I want to go? By myself, depressed at Christmas. Just 6,000 miles apart. Home exchange. We switch houses, cars, everything. Bingo. I need you to answer this. Are there any men in your town? Perfect. There we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're continuing our holiday month with an actual film about the holidays called <laughs> The Holiday. Uh, oh. This is a film that I have seen. Have you seen this before in the oh, podcast? I've seen it multiple times. Okay. And Devin had never seen, correct? Literally never. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, this is a film written and directed by Nancy Myers, who is also known for Something's Gotta Give and It's Complicated. Uh, starring Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, and Jude Law. Hell of a cast. Hell of a cast. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll just dive right into this. So Ryan, when was the first time you saw this movie? About, well, it was Kristen that introduced it to me. What year did it come out? It came out in 2006. Okay. So I probably saw it first time like 2010, maybe 2011. Um, and this is one of those movies that even though it's, a Christmas movie, holiday movie. Um, I've watched this in the middle of June before. Okay. Simply because uh, this movie kind of lend it lends itself to that type of uh, watch. Okay. I feel. I yeah, I can't remember the first time I watched this, but this has become a yearly watch for my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Is think it? We wa- I think we watched it last year on New Year's and started the new tradition of fettuccine alfredo. <laughs> on New Year's. Oh my gosh. So, uh, which is actually what we had for dinner tonight. So Yeah. Ooh, sounds good. But yeah, I can't remember the first time I've watched this, uh, but I've watched it every year for the last few years. Uh, in fact, I didn't even watch it for this because I've watched it so many times. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need to. Ah, I'll watch the trailer. That'll bring back some stuff, which I've <laughs> never done for the show before. So this is like the first time where like my sister's getting married this week, so I don't have time to watch movies. Like all my Aww. all my TV time is going to Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that's it. <laughs> so, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Devin, this is the first time you'd seen it. What did you think? Oh God, guys, you're gonna have to tell me why you watch it so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing this just to be a jerk. I don't get it. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I nothing about the movie clicked for me until. Until I, I don't know how much into spoilers we're getting, but there was like a part where I'm like, "All right, all right, I see you, movie." And then it was like only a little part, and then I'm like, "All right, I'm good again." It was just, it was okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. I don't regret watching it, but I, I, I don't think I'd make it a yearly tradition or watch it in June. Okay. Yeah, Sorry the whole, the whole Downer, June guys. thing, I I don't understand. Like once a year, I can watch this. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm excited to get into what you didn't like. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's, before we get into that, Ryan, what do you what do you like about this movie? I like a lot of it, actually. Um, Good answer. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, the the whole concept of two people switching homes from from two different countries having kind of a similar issue, um, and then them being away from everything just kind of like fixes or they're able to work through their problems. I like that concept. Okay. Um, and there, there can be some debate to like 
which one of the characters storylines better i like them both equally okay Devin, which of the storyline i can agree on you like both of them equally yeah so there was a couple of points where i was like i don't they're not even talking about this other character like i don't give a shit like about what they're doing over there and then they like made me care about both so like i will agree with that i think both of them were developed enough that i liked both of them and i can't say that oh cameron diaz's story was way better there they were pretty good See, I'm going to disagree with both of you. I I lean more <laughs> towards the Kate Winslet, Jack Black stuff. Yeah? Just because, like, they're both so sweet and not, like, trying to get with each other. And, like, it's just, like, platonic for the longest time. And you have that little old man in there, too. So it's more like a friendship. And then you see, like, all this. It's because they go to a blockbuster. That's just... <laughs> Like that's why. No, they like, go to it's... generic blue and yellow book or uh, rental store with Dustin freaking Hoffman in it. Yeah. What I was gonna say because you've mentioned that before about this movie, I remember you bringing that up at some other point um, about how you like their storyline a little bit better. I know my wife likes it a lot more to the point she's like, "Hey, I, I said I was gonna watch this movie without her for the show." Yeah. She said, "You can mm-hmm. do that, but you have to." edit out all the Cameron Diaz stuff for me <laughs> and then have that version of the movie ready for me. Okay. So, like, okay. It, I just lean towards that more because I like that story. I, I like those people more. Like I'm a bigger fan of Jack Black than I am Jude Law. Yeah. I like Kate Winslet more than Cameron Diaz. Well, I also feel that the characters in the one, uh, in the storyline that has to do with, uh, with Jack Black, I feel like there's more there to, to to connect you to it personally. Yes. There's a lot more in Jack Black's character than any other character in that entire movie that, you know, y- y- you've got more of a relation to. Yeah. To me, it's across the board even between all four because there's a little bit of each one of the four characters that I can connect with. And that's why, to me, it's all even across the board as to why I, that's fair. I, I like them. Yeah. Um. I almost so as far as interesting in stories are concerned, I like aspects of each, um, but I think that I like the character transformation of Kate Winslet the most. I think that I like what Cameron Diaz was going through, like the whole like, oh my god, I really love him and I accept his kids, but this is such a short thing, and you know I'm terrible in relationships and I ruin them, but I made this one work, and I think that's interesting. But I liked seeing Kate Winslet at the end in the party be that goofy, silly person. That she absolutely was not when she was giving her almost Shakespearean diatribe in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which, I love the way this movie opens. How does this movie open again? Because it, it's been a while. <laughs> okay. I understand completely, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm distracted because we, 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 we've got the Silent Hill uh, sirens going off in the background. And tractor trailers oh, no, are just taking out light poles left and right in town. <laughs> so, so the movie opens up with Kate Winslet. That's yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's at work and oh, she's okay. just it's a holiday party. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a holiday party. And she's just going through explaining like different types of love and mm-hmm. how people fall in love. And then she does like, and then there's the ones that suffer, the ones that love without getting love back. And then that's when she realizes that her like affair person's getting married. Yeah. The bad I, guy. From I loved the opening. Time. Yeah. 
I love the opening like you did. It gave me really like love actually kind of vibes where she was like just talking about the different types of love. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And the whole like first like 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, can we just please stop shitting on Kate Winslet, please? <laughs> like it was like and, and it wasn't even like comedic like, oh, her heel broke and then she stepped in poop. It was like literally she's breaking her heart in front of the camera and it's so sad. I think part of the reason I like her so much in this is because you never see her do comedy. No, no, you don't. Like she's like her top four on IMDb are eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, revolutionary road, Titanic and sense and sensibility. (laughs) So like, yeah, that's not really hilarious. Yeah. And she does the comedy really well. Yeah. And the fact that they pair her up with somebody who like Jack black, who usually is at like a, 15 dial and he dials it back to like a six in this so he's like very nuanced all right here we go devin's first problem with the movie let's go so i (laughs) want jack black when i get jack black on screen i want him at a 15 cameron diaz was at a 15 for like a thousand percent of this movie and i was not expecting jack black to be a six when someone like cameron diaz was like a 30 on the comedic scale on no, the, like, like a... overacting scale. Yeah. Like, I want Jack Black to come and be like, I'm Jack Black! Wah! But he was just like, hey, you know yeah. the Santa Ana wins. Anything can happen. I'm like, yeah. who's this guy? Meanwhile, Cameron Diaz is like, whoa, over here! Look at me going! And I'm like, that's... Stop! I wish we had a video component to this <laughs> podcast so everyone could see <laughs> what you're doing. It's, yeah, it's... I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're expecting that Jack Black, then... Yeah, I can see why it's a disappointment. Um, how loud is that on your end? The siren? I mean, I can hear it, but it's not okay. like deafening. It's gone okay. now. Oh, it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I like the Jack Black turned down. Like, it, it fits the character a lot more. And um, actually, I like him like this a lot better. This is probably one of my favorite you? Jack Black movies. I'm, I'm going to throw that out uh, there. I guess it, I guess no, I it's like, fitting. Yeah. I guess it's fitting we're doing this this week when Jumanji two, Jumanji three, sorry, comes out. <laughs> uh, going to so. see it Friday. Cannot wait. Nice. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I liked the so the part that I liked the most was when they were in generic blue and yellow video rental store and Jack Black was being more Jack Black than he was when he was like holding up the DVDs and like singing the songs and like I liked that part and I liked. I, I did like watching his emotional struggle with his ex a lot. I thought that was really good and really interesting. I think I just like Jack Black. And I think that when he was on screen being what I expect him to be, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, do we want to just dissect this, the LA aspect of this story quick a little yeah, bit more? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But... All right. So then we have the, um, the older writer played by Eli Walk, uh, Arthur. He is a writer, right? Like he's he's a screenwriter. He, yeah, he's like a screenwriter. Is he? Do you know if he's a real one though, or did they like make him up for the movie? I like, mean, he's playing a character, but he Eli Wallach yeah. was known for a lot of like he was a pretty famous actor for the longest time. Like he Got he it. has 172 credits on IMDb. Holy cow! So he was known for the good, the bad, and the ugly, the Magnificent Seven, the Holiday, and yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's okay. he's pretty prolific. What did his storyline do for Kate Winslet? I think was it there to pad the movie? 
Because that's what I felt. I liked him. I thought he was neat, but I didn't get it. I think it was for her to have a friend. Like, I don't think, like, I think when she goes to LA, she doesn't need the relationship right away. She doesn't need to hook up with Jack Black. I think she just needed to have someone there who she could just talk to and get to know and not have anything sexual or romantic about it at all. Just to, to kind of like ground her back to reality. Okay. So when Jack Black does come in, she's more open to the possibility and helping him through his stuff because they're both in complicated places when they, when they meet. So Mm -hmm. I think having him there for them to both bond over helps them towards the end. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Okay. I think I wasn't thinking that deeply about his character. I thought that a lot of it was the writer of the movie just being very congratulatory for writers. <laughs> but I, I think it's part uh, of again, that too. Mr. Cynical over here. <laughs> I think that that's part of it too. Like cause writers don't really get that much credit when it comes to stuff. Not at all. And like this came out in 2008, which is the year they had a writer strike. So Oh jeez, yeah. That's timely. Yeah. I uh picked up a funny thing when Kate Winslet gets picked up from the airport and then drives to the house in Beverly Hills, she goes through Malibu, which is like 20 miles out of the way. That taxi driver definitely cheated her out of a lot of money. <laughs> Good job, movie. <laughs> Guys, do you know I live here? I live here. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I was going to say. Guess like, what? I'm from here. I forgot you lived in L.A. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else we want to touch on with the L.A. stuff? Oh. I just, I think thinking back on it, I think, I think I liked it better. I think, I yeah, I'm trying to think of more complaints that I had. Um, it's just, Kate, I, I think seeing Kate Winslet be funny and do like more physical comedy was a little bit weird for me, but ultimately I didn't hate it. Okay. Like if I, you, I don't, you, I don't think saw, I liked the, go ahead. If you saw <laughs> that she was going to be in a romantic comedy, would you be more inclined yes. to go see it now? Probably. You know what? Probably. Okay. I think, yeah, especially if it's not like a period drama. Yeah, because that seems to be most of what she does. Is she going to be in a romantic comedy? Is this a lead-in to, like, the next movie we're watching? No. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no. The next thing I know that she's going to be in is the Avatar sequels. So. What? That should be fun. Yeah. That could be fun. It's a futuristic period piece. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because uh, James Cameron wanted to get the Titanic gang back together, but DiCaprio was like, no. <laughs> oh, I'm DiCaprio not sinking to no. the bottom of the ocean again. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it is taking place in the ocean. He's like, no. no <laughs> I know what happened last time. I'm not freezing my ass off again. Um, they didn't have any raw meat for him to eat. Okay. So before we move on to the, the England stuff, let's, let's talk about the uh, movie scores. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, How many I only the... have one thing to add to this before you start. Sure. Okay. I noticed when uh, at the beginning when Kate's when Kate when her character was talking about her like messed up feelings for like her boss or whatever, Last Christmas was playing in the background. The um, the George Michael song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, really? the one about, you know, like, Last Christmas You Broke My Heart, and she's talking yeah. about how he's breaking her heart for the past three years. I, I caught on to that. I just so, thought that was interesting. 
Devin, you go to the movies a lot. Have you gone to see Last Christmas? No, I heard it was good though. I did too, and I'm kind of surprised yeah. because I heard yeah. Kevin, Kevin, uh, no, no, Paul Feig. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Paul Feig's hit or miss <laughs> for me. Yeah, is he? Uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Ghostbusters. Ryan knows this. Um, <laughs> but I like some of his other stuff, and I, everyone loves him, so I don't know. Did you see the one Anne Hathaway one? Which one was what that? What am I talking about? Noel? The new one, it was it was Anne Hathaway, and it was like a simple favor or something. I'm thinking of something else. The simple favor is Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. That's who I'm thinking of. Why I did, did not I throw see, Anne I Hathaway not, in there? I did not see that one. No, uh, I didn't either. I heard it was good though. I That's did too. Like, I, I heard I it was one gonna, of his hits. I thought you were going to recommend it. No, that one looked good. Oh no. So, yeah, yeah. All right. I know if that was the one that like changed your mind with him. No, um, no. It just, I just go back to heavyweights with him. So. Oh, <laughs> good call. Good call. All right. So, how many of the movie scores that Jack Black sang did you guys recognize? Definitely Jaws, definitely The Graduate, definitely Chariots of Fire. I think that's it. I think that's it. You didn't recognize Three? Gone with the Wind? No. No, I've never seen Ryan, it. Ryan, how about you? You've seen I only, enough. I, I only recognize the ones whenever he was like holding it up when they were at like, the fake blockbuster. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not into movie scores like you I are. I mean, no, so that's, whenever that's, he... that's the scene we're talking about. Y- yeah. So, oh, okay. Did you, like the ones he listed off, are those the ones you knew? Yeah, okay. well, I mean, especially with him holding up the cover and then doing so, the tune, obviously. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a fun story to share with you guys. So yes. I've watched this movie many times. Yes. And then a few years ago, Hans Zimmer, uh, composer who did like the Lion King, the Dark Knight movies, came yeah. out with a live album. So I'm listening to this. Oh. Drive, I was driving up to State College because I was Uber driving at the time. And I'm huh? driving up in the this song starts playing. It's like, I know this song, but I don't know why. Cause I looked at it. It's like, I've never seen that movie. Why do yeah. I know this? And it's the driving Miss Daisy theme. And I was like, that, and then last year when I was watching, it's like, that's why I know this. It's cause it's Jack Black singing it. <laughs> so oh, was it worse without Jack Black singing it? The answer should be yes. <laughs> uh, it was not the same. I will say oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just. I want him to sing me most movie scores, to be honest. Just uh, movie scores sung by Jack Black just replace everything. <laughs> just a whole album just, of that. No, just, just Hans Zimmer ones. Just have him sing the whole score <laughs> to The Lion King. Both yes. versions. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. That's now Jack Black Make It Happen. I know he listens. Yes. All right, so let's move on to the Cameron Diaz storyline. So, yeah. What did you like here, Devin? <laughs> All right. So, I'll, I'll talk about what I did like. I did like, I I related to Cameron Diaz more, I think, in this situation. I think that I've never, like, pined after, some, like, just in, like, the love, like, the whole, like, plot sense. I've never pined after somebody for, like, that long. Uh, usually, if, like, it's over and they treat me like that, I'm usually done with them. But I did relate to the whole, I'm in a foreign country, here's somebody I really like, I'm not really sure where this is going, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> or I'm not really sure where this is going, and I'm going to try to prolong this as much as I can, even though we're not really sure where it's going. Like, I've lived that life. That was Romana and I for a while. So, like, I really did feel for her. And uh, I 
you know, I, I totally get that, and that part made me connect with it more emotionally. But I think also because it's a rom-com and because I knew that, like, they're not going to... Because of the tropes of the genre, I knew where it was going, I think. So I wasn't, like, as invested, but I think it, it gra- grasped, gra- gripped me, grasped me, whatever, more. Okay. It held my hand more. <laughs> no, that that's... I, I didn't think about it, about it for, for you from that standpoint, but that makes perfect sense that you would identify yeah. with her. Um, Ryan, how about you? What do you like about the Cameron Diaz stuff? Well, when I was... Uh, the, the first time that I saw this movie, I was really confused by that one because it seemed so... The storyline seemed so light compared to the L.A. storyline. Um, but it wasn't until about halfway through when they revealed that he that he was a widower and then her reaction mm. to all of that and wanting to stay wanting to leave and then after a few more times watching it i really started to understand more of like where she is as a person is different from where kate winslet's character is as a person and so yeah. there's really not a lot of relationship emotional development that's needed to grow in her than there is in Kate's character. It's more about just finding the right match instead of trying to find out who she was and then finding the right match. So I, I th- that's one thing I like about this movie. It's that you've got two people who are kind of in similar like situations, but both of them mm-hmm. are in different places. Yeah. And that's why I think it makes Cameron Diaz's character's character and her storyline, I feel like for most people or for some people, it makes that storyline kind of lighthearted or maybe not lighthearted, but like more generic than Kate's character's storyline. And I feel like her storyline plays a lot more into the romantic comedy tropes. Yeah. Where you think that he's sleeping with other women because of the text Mm -hmm. messages and the phone calls and the kids. Um, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> even kids. before you meet the kids, though, yeah. like it's like making it look like he's the bad guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's really not. And then, so it, and and they sleep together, like right yeah. off the bat, almost. So it's yeah. it's a, it's a like they have the the bigger meet meet cute, which is a word I don't like to use that often, but Aww. I'll use it. But yeah, they, they, they like like dive right into things, whereas yeah. like the Kate Winslet stuff kind of breaks the formula a little bit. Which yeah, I like both because when people meet for the first time, it's different for everybody. Yeah, some yeah. people end up meeting, some people end up meeting their future wife or husband on on a one night stand or what they think yeah. is going to be a one night stand. I've known people like that. I also know other people mm-hmm. that you know they've known the person for years before they even started having. Uh, uh, even started thinking of dating. So that's yeah. one of the things that I do like about this film is that it shows those two different, like those two different types of uh, start of relationships. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one, All right, one... I, have a, I have a question for you guys then. I'm okay. sorry. Go for it. How did you guys, or how do you guys feel about the trailer parts of this story? I was where... just going to bring that up. Oh, I, oh, I love that. I love that part. I feel like somebody really? hates it. I, feel like I so- hated it. Oh my god! It took me out of the movie every time. I was like, I get that her life is a trailer, but like, what was the payoff there? Like, at one point, it said, "Welcome back." At the end, and then she turned around. Ah. I think it's just because of what she does as a career. Like, that's how her yeah. mind works. So yeah. it helps you understand her a little bit more. That that's how her mind works. Like, she just hears that voice all the time. 
Then why didn't Kate Winslet get a thing? Why wasn't there like a floating she... cup of tea because she's British or something? Well, okay, 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 okay. Just old Jack just flying oh every time God. she's in. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. I'm sorry. I had. To, I know Allie just gave an answer, but I have to answer that too. She no, no, makes no, trailers okay. for a living, so she's constantly hearing that guy's voice. Yeah, and she's having pretty. And she had kind of a violent end to a relationship, even though it wasn't physically violent; it was mentally violent uh, to yeah. a point. Um, so I, I feel like with everything that happened to her, and I got that the first time I saw the film that she's obsessed with her work from what her ex was telling her at the start of the movie. So whenever things were happening in her head, it would come across as the trailer voice instead. So to me, it was just that's because that's what her job was. And so it was, you know, it's the way her, her mind works. So then if, if that's how her mind works, does her mind in 2019, if we get a sequel to this, just do that stupid <laughs> noise that every trailer does now? I don't know what noise he's talking uh, about. The Inception, the like, I'll play it for you then. Okay. Yeah, we'll you. we'll um, play it at some point. If, yeah, I promise. Like, even bomb. like in comedy trailers. Yeah. Yeah, they'll like do that noise before the punchline of a joke. Now, like, I, it's too much. But I wonder if that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know. It's either that or they still have the. Who does the voices now? Do they still have like the voice trailers or not? I don't think I've ever, like, I haven't heard the words in a world for a I very long time. I haven't heard that guy's voice in a while. Well, that guy's dead. I know that. Well, I, oh, no. Uh, oh, they should have hung his voice up. No one else should do that. Um, like retiring a jersey. Let me see. Uh, let's, wait, what? John Krasinski's in this? John Krasinski's in this? No, you know, I knew John Krasinski was in it. Because I was by myself and went, oh, oh, John Krasinski, to no one. Where is he in this? Because I forget. He is uh, He is Cameron Diaz's assistant, who's like, she's That's like, we right. need to take time off. He's like, take time off? This is our busiest time of year. I'm in the office. <laughs> it was which, it. Those were his lines. All of them. Which also That's happens right. to be at her house. Yeah, they talk about that. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, the uh, movie trailer voice guy is named Hal Douglas. And he died in 2014 at the age of 89. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. He was also the narrator for Water Waterworld. <gasps> Waterworld had a narrator? I, I know. Like, <laughs> I think all of us just had the same thought of, wait, that guy's in Waterworld? That makes me want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's something I did not expect to come out of this podcast. Um, <laughs> Surprise. No, I, I really like the trailer stuff just because it, it's fun and changes it up a little bit. And I think I think for me, it seemed like it was just an addition that didn't need like like the gratuitous Dustin Hoffman cameo. Like I, I was like, where did that come from? Like maybe I just wanted this to be a normal movie or maybe I like had love actually in mind when I was watching it. And like if it's not love actually, but like. Every time it tried to like go crazy and like be self-referential, I was like, "No, movie stop." Okay. Um. Man, Ryan might be right. Maybe I am a cynic. Ooh. I told you. I told you, yeah. guys. Guys, this is as much therapy for me as it is watching movies. So thank you. <laughs> um, that's what podcasts are for. <laughs> good. Good. 
so Devin, I, I'm just curious, what what kind of romantic comedies do you watch? What's your like go to romantic comedy? Do you have any or? Yeah, dude, I was thinking about that. Um, I don't know. So I I don't know what I expect when I think of romantic comedies. Um, the only one I can think of that comes to mind right now is there was one that was like a oh it was like a futuristic kind of one and it had either Kristen Wiig or a Kristen Wiig type in the lead where they had a timer on their wrist. I think it was called timer. They had a timer on their wrist. It was like a semi sci-fi thing. And the point of it was it would count down until when you and your soulmate would mate or soulmate would meet. Uh, and it was what do you do before that time and then what do you do when you meet that person and then what if yours doesn't say anything. And I thought that was such a cool premise for a rom-com that, like, I watched it. But I don't think I watch rom-coms. Like, I was thinking about that on my walk today. I don't know what rom-coms I even like. Okay. Brian, same question. What, what, kind, we... of, what kind of rom-coms do you like? As soon as you asked him, I knew you were going to ask me. Well, yeah, and... that's because that's, that's how this works. And there's a lot that I like, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of, like, certain ones. And the only thing I can think of right now is P.S. I Love You. But I don't really think that's a rom-com. Because of I mean, how heavy-hearted it is. I mean, I think rom-com is so broad that it it probably would fit. I've never seen it. Um, the first half of the movie has to do with her getting over her dead husband. So I, I mean, mean, it's definitely a chick flick. So, um, what about you? Who for me, you like, Alan? for me, you've got mail. Is a is a classic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you've got mail. Sleeps in Seattle is considered one. Joe versus um, the volcano. No. You know, you know. I'm just gonna go on my Tom Hanks rant. Tom Hanks, uh, Meg Ryan movies like that's it. Tuner and Hooch. I never get that. Uh, that's not a romantic comedy. He ends up with somebody. That's not that, no. Is it a that's, dog? That's, yeah. That's a, that's a dog movie. <laughs> it's a rom com. I don't care. Splash. Splash. Splashes. Yes. Yeah. You've had me watch that. Um, uh, you've got also bestiality. <laughs> I'm losing a uh, trend, money Ryan. pit. Okay, the money pit. You, is money pit a rom com? Oh, it is. To me, it is. Um, can you name any movies without Tom Hanks? <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually going to Google right now. Like, I'm just, wait, like, comedy, like, see like, which I'm just waiting for you to come out with like Captain Phillips. <laughs> Sully. <laughs> Captain Phillips. <laughs> What's Sully? <laughs> The Polar Express. I, did it. I googled a rom com. I like The Big Sick. That's my favorite rom com. Oh, The Big Sick is a good one. I loved that one. That one is really good. That one was by, um, that Kumail was direct- Johnny. Yeah, but it was directed by um, Michael Showalter. Okay. Who you would know from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, really? He's the main guy in that. Oh, okay. Then yeah, that's awesome. But no, I I really did like that one. Ryan, have you ever seen The Big Sick? Huh? Have you seen The Big Sick? No. Okay. Well, oh, I, we got to do it. We might have to do that in uh, February for like romantic comedy oh, month. Oh yay! Good. I'm trying to think of other ones that I like. Runaway Bride. I think I saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Runaway Bride. Okay. I like Runaway Bride. Sarah Marshall's good. Uh, have you guys ever seen They Came Together? No. It's from the guy who directed Wet Hot American Summer. It's Paul okay. Rudd and Amy Poehler. My wife just moaned in the background, like like in horror that I brought this up. 
It, Why? It's, it's got the same kind of humor as What Hot American Summer, but it's like a parody of rom-coms instead of like the summer camp movies. It's a okay. I like that. I, I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Um. Oh. I saw. Isn't it romantic? Bridget Jones. Which one? All three. All three. Yeah. That Are was the good? wrong answer. Romana loves those. <laughs> I was expecting like the first two, but you the the whole trilogy. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Kristen really likes the first two. So uh-huh. the first couple times I watched them, I really didn't have a choice. <laughs> um, but in doing so, I kind of found my own reasons to like them. And then the third one came out and it it was just a good, silly movie to round out the first two. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then by looking through this, uh, you've also got, which I'm really surprised this really considers a Groundhog's Day is considered romantic what? comedy. I would say so. Yeah. Um, oh, then, I mean, yeah, that's my favorite rom-com. Okay. And this is probably my most romantic, uh, like, like alternative romantic comedy or like alternative uh, 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 Silver Linings playbook. Not really oh. for the comedy aspect, just because of just the, the interesting storyline aspect. I wanted to like that one, but I... <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was neat. I I wasn't a huge fan of it. I we we went to the movies to see Les Mis and it was full, so we ended up seeing Silver Lining Playbook instead. <laughs> oh, so, what a left turn! No, yeah. that's sorry. Yeah, so it just wasn't a great date to begin with. So, oh, I'm. Well, and you actually brought up a good point. That's what I wanted to. That's what I want from you guys. I I realized today. I'm like, this is a rom com. I'm like, I get the tropes. I want good rom-coms. I want someone to change my mind about the genre because I'm definitely open to them. But, like, the best I've seen, I guess, are Groundhog's Day and The Big Sick. And, like, like I guess the last line of 27 Dresses it 10 minutes into the movie. And I hate it. And I don't want to watch a movie like that. I think... I think Nancy Myers is a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, cause she had, like, she has some of my favorite ones on here. Like, I, I don't know why, but growing up when in a house with, um, three women, like <laughs> I, I watched the father of the bride movies way too much. So like those, yes. those I really enjoy. And it's <laughs> those got are Steve, funny. Steve okay. Martin and Martin Short. <laughs> and I, yeah. Those are a good place to start. Um, okay. Cause I love Steve Martin. The wedding singer. The wedding singer is a good one. I heard yeah. that one's good. I like I like that one too. Did you guys hear yeah. the news about Adam Sandler? Huh? With the uncut gems or uncut yeah, diamonds so or whatever? He's, he's being talked about for awards for uncut gems. And yeah. I read a I read a headline that he threatened that if he doesn't get an Oscar nomination for this movie, he's going to make the worst Adam Sandler movie that we've ever seen. He hasn't already. God, I want it. Oh, That's God, what I, I thought. <laughs> like, like, just even worse than what he's already done. I want that. Which is I, terrifying. I, I want him to win an Oscar, but I also want that more. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, like, either way we win. <laughs> right, it's true. And the uh, the last two movies I'll mention is, uh-huh. uh, speaking of Adam Sandler, Fifty First States. Okay. Oh, I've seen that. And then Out of Left Field, Jerry Maguire. Okay. Have I ever shown you the, the video of the guy figuring out how all the Adam Sandler movies are connected from Fifty First Dates? 
I what? I don't think you showed me, but I've read an article on it a long time ago. The 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 video of the guy figuring the whole thing out is fantastic, and I will send it to you in the group chat. Okay, um, please do. I want to watch this so bad because in Fifty First Dates, they uh, the health institute that she gets sent to after her accident is the TB Callahan Mental Health Institute. Oh, so Tommy Boy Callahan. Yeah, yeah. So it like ties everything together. It's bizarre. <laughs> so weird. Um, but that's yeah. really cool though. So, any other thoughts on rom-coms? I did a lot of retro- introspection after this. I had about 30 minutes between me finishing the movie and this, and I thought a lot about it, because I get real cynical with this, with these kinds of movies, where I'm like, oh, you know they're going to have sex in the end. I'm so over it. And, like, I don't know why I'm that way, because I love superhero movies. And I feel like superhero movies are just the same, where it's like, you know he's going to have superpowers. You know that thing his now-dead uncle told him is going to be the most important part in the last fight of this. Like, I can be just that cynical about superhero movies, but for some reason I'm willing to be along for the ride. And for some reason with rom-coms, I'm not able to be along for the ride. And I don't understand what that says about me. I'm probably terrible. I think what it says about you is you're a horrible person. No. <laughs> no. Good, good. I think, I think it's just because you, like, just from this conversation, you're not as exposed to them as you are, say, a superhero movie, genre yeah. movie. Like, it's a genre you haven't really explored that much. So I think once you dive into it a little bit more, you'll get a little bit more out of it and not be as cynical. Yeah. We'll hope. We can hope. Yeah, because, I mean, here, from your childhood, were there any movies that your parents watched that were romantic comedies or just romantic movies that you remember them having on when you were around? Honestly, no. Like, my dad would watch Star Trek movies all the time, and my mom and my sisters and I had this big thing where we would always watch Joe Dirt together, and, like, those were the... Yeah, <laughs> that face. That face. You want to question <laughs> other movies and talk about how things are bad and you grew up on Joe Dirt? <laughs> oh, man. It's, it is a now David I understand Spade why you expect every other gem. movie you watch to be crap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know why. It was like months we watched that movie. It was so weird. I will say it is kind of refreshing to have Devin be on the end of I don't like this movie instead of Ryan being on that end. <laughs> for a while, there was like Ryan just didn't like anything that we had him watch. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think if you open yourself up to romantic comedies a little bit more, and I think yeah. if, I think in February when we uh, do a week or two of romantic comedies, we'll we'll pick out some good ones for you. Yeah, because I mean, good, and then pick out a bad one. Throw a stinker in there. I think part of it is that, like, I remember my my parents watching Tom Hanks films when I was younger. I remember mm-hmm. my mom watching movies like Pretty Woman or uh, or the the, the 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 Runaway Bride. So like, when a rom com oh, yeah. comes out, I don't necessarily put my nose up to it right away. I look to see who's in it. I wait to see what people talk talk about it because I know that I like re- I like relationship humor, and that's yeah. what. And that's what these movies are. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's fair. I maybe it's just that brand of humor that I'm just not used to yet. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more rom coms because maybe it'll put this movie in more perspective. Especially when you said that like the Kate Winslet stuff was like bucking genres. Because like, for me, I'm like, all right, she met Jack Black in 
they'll fall in love together, and it's not going to be weird because they'll find a way to make Jack Black safely break up with his girlfriend so they can be together, so it's not like a weird thing. And like how in some movies they just have the the main female role just completely throw away her fiance or boyfriend to to, to fall in love with the main character. Yeah. yeah, is that does that happen? Uh, there's one movie in particular I'm thinking of, and I'm yes, Sleepless in Seattle. That's yeah. That there's some older uh, there are some older rom coms where. They have like the female or the male lead is in a is in a relationship that they show obviously doesn't work, but the characters yeah. make it work, and so it's one of those things where it's like the breakup is like, yeah, it's kind of a dick move, but they weren't meant for each other anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happens. Oh, wait, I think I did see like in the wedding singer where like she was gonna get married and her last name was gonna be Gulia and she was gonna be Julia Gulia. She <laughs> Julia hated it, yeah. and then that was enough reason to dump the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that and he was a complete dick. I don't remember that part. Oh, he man. could have been wonderful for our, he, for all I remember. I just remember that scene. Not. He was not. Oh really? Oh, I. So the one thing about this movie that I realized is there weren't too many. I mean, I don't know. I guess each story had their own complete asshole in it but like they tried to soften them a bit i think I or at mean, least it seemed like it like no one came across as like the bond villain of this movie well that's another reason why i like this because it makes it a bit more believable because you could have somebody who's bad with relationships and who cheats but mm-hmm. in every other aspect of of their life they're not a horrible person okay yeah. i'm going to disagree with you because every time i see rufus sewell I just flames, flames <laughs> on the side of my face. Like he ha- he has been measured and he has been found wanting. Like fuck that guy and everything. Really? Like he who's is this the, actor? He's the guy from the Knight's Tale. Oh, the, the okay. British one who's like screwing uh, over yeah. Kate Winslet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I every time like he's such a great bad guy in a Knight's Tale. I can't see him <clears throat> yeah. in anything else. Like, that's all I see uh, when I see that guy, is that. See, for me, A Knight's Tale was like a cool movie I watched for a couple years when I was in high school, and then I stopped watching it. <laughs> uh, he was what also in Zorro. He is in Zorro. The Mask of Zorro, yeah. Knight's no, Tale is a good that. movie. It is a good movie, I'm just saying. Like, I watched it to death when I was in high school, and that's why I haven't watched <laughs> it since. Like, like so I love was... the soundtrack. He was the the British guy, right? Like the yes. bad bad friend. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The boss. Yeah. He okay. He was probably the closest person. He had a couple lines where they were like trying to soften him a bit. Where he's like, "Don't you understand how confused I am?" And I'm like, "Eh, stop." Oh, that was all BS. Oh, of course it was. On on his end, that was all BS. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I'm looking. At I think his... him. Yeah, go ahead. I think him and I think Jack Black's ex were like the two worst people in the movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, she she they deserve cut each me other. good. What's up? They deserve each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, so I'm looking at his IMDb, and evidently he's in Man in the High Castle, which like makes perfect sense. Oh. I could buy him as a Nazi. Like fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does he ever play the good guy? Because I saw the yes. tourist. I think he was a bad guy in the tourist. Yes, he's a good guy in Dark City. And in that TV show, 
That what sounds t- made up. Dark City is a movie that came out in 1998. And it kind of seems like it's... It's not a British film. Okay. It's from the guy who did The Crow. Uh, it, it's one that I think we have to watch for the podcast. That's all I need to know. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's got him. He's the main guy. It's also got Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer Connelly, and William Hurt. Interesting. All uh, right. I think I think we're, we're going to have to watch this one for the podcast here soon. Because uh, it's it's a it's an interesting one that is kind of got a cult following, but had its thunder stolen from the Matrix kind of. So, oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, that's all. Pretty much all I've got. We've got 15 minutes left. Anything else we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, Justin Sewell was in a movie called Killing Jesus with Kelsey Grammer because, of course, he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think my big takeaway from this is I think I need to watch more rom coms. Yes. And then um, I was trying to think of other genres that I'm not comfortable with. That like I don't know, not not comfortable. Like it makes me awkward because whatever. But like, like that I'm just that... not as exposed to. Like. I mean, westerns. For, yeah, I was just gonna say for me it's westerns. Like I'm not really exposed to that many westerns. Yeah. Like, I think if you, like, showed me a John Wayne movie, I'd be as cynical about that right now without seeing a lot of them as I am about this rom-com. And in, in that vein, it's also, like, samurai films. Like, I haven't seen many of those. Is it, I've seen about, I've seen six or seven, like, Western films. I've seen four mm-hmm. different John Wayne movies, um, along with, like, weird, old-school, black-and-white cowboy films oh, wow. that were on yeah. late Westerns. at night. <clears throat> and I hate cowboy stuff. I really, I I do. I I just I I'm from the Midwest originally, but from like that part of the Midwest. But like I should have like I was exposed to that when we lived around the St. Louis area. And yeah. to me, it's all connected to like childhood memories. So like whenever I see something like Wild Wild Rest, I uh-huh. it's fun to watch. If it wasn't for Will Smith, I wouldn't have cared. Okay. When we're talking about westerns, I don't know much about the genre. I can tell you, Wild Wild West is not a good example of the genre overall. No, I know that. Name in it. I know um, that. I, I'm using that as kind TV of a show, funny explanation yeah. as to uh, like how much I don't like the genre. Now, the TV show might be is is a completely different beast. It's probably better. Like you might enjoy the TV show more than you did the movie. TV show. It's based on a TV show from the 60s. Yeah. What is? You might Wild actually Wild really West? like it. Oh, no. No. Like I I knew that. Okay. I knew that. Plus, my grandfather, that's all he would watch. Okay. Occasionally. Yeah. Like, the, the cowboy TV shows and all this other stuff and, you know, trying to get the cattle over here or trying to get this guy that broke out of prison <laughs> over here or trying to clean <laughs> up this town and trying to... <laughs> show these people how to protect their town from Shane, like, the natives. Come back, Shane. Like, I'm not like the, the whole cowboy American West thing just falls flat for me because I honestly just right. don't care. Like, I'm hoping I found an, uh, an exception that proves the rule. How did you feel about Django? I love Django because it was different. Yeah. And that's exactly my thing. Like I just looked at like a list of Westerns and like, that was the only one that I like really gravitated towards. I can't even get into the hateful eight and I want to love that movie so bad. 
have you tried watching it as the miniseries? No, I haven't. Is it better that way? I haven't seen it yet, but um, I think I'd like it. I think I'd like it as a miniseries because it feels more manageable that way. Because I feel like it's, I don't know, it's like what three hours long? Like, yeah, I, don't know I, if I, I know, can ne- find I know that Netflix time. split it up, um, into like forty-five minute chunks. So I think it's a four or five parter, and they added stuff to I, it to make it. They Tarantino did it that himself. And I wow. think I think the rumor is he's going to do the same thing for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So good because I want to see that one too, and I want to see it that way. But split up. Yeah, I I think I think it'll it'll be more manageable for me in my 2019 sensibilities. Yeah, which is like I, as much as I want to sit down and watch The Irishman, I just haven't had four hours to do so. Yeah, yeah, which I'm kind of the same. Also, there's a yeah. And that's also why I haven't watched the Avengers Endgame again. Like I saw it twice yeah. in theaters, haven't gone back to watch the whole thing. I've seen clips of it online, but I haven't dedicated the time to it to watch the whole thing front to back. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, Ryan, how about you? What's a genre that you feel like you have a lot of holes in and you don't really... Uh... I've seen a handful of the old school like samurai movies and I love them. I really okay. do. Mm-hmm. Just the just the effects in them I find fascinating. I don't care about westerns. Um foreign films maybe. Okay. Because I like a okay. lot of movies from a lot of different genres, so it's mm-hmm. hard for me to to kind of pick that's that fair. out. That's there's a whole realm of like French films that I've never gotten into and I don't think I ever will. There's um, one that is really good. There is a, a foreign film that I want to make you guys watch for this. Um, yeah. Which I think I told you about before called Time Bandits. You have told us. I do want yeah. to watch that one. Uh, so we'll have that coming up soon. I think another one for me that uh, like another genre that I'm not really that into, but I kind of want to is like the classic war films. So like, oh, yeah, the first Midway and Bridge on the River Kwai. The Longest Day. Yeah. Um, See, those films I loved when I was in middle school and high school because the History Channel, and I think it was TNC or TMC, whichever one it was, at night would show the black and white World War II movies that were made in like the 50s and in the 60s. And right now there's a really good one on Netflix called The Dirty Dozen. Okay. It's probably one of the more popular ones. So... I, I guess part of me is just like anything that had Alec Guinness in it that wasn't Star Wars, like <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, I figured okay. that was probably what you were talking about, but I wasn't sure. And I'm trying to think of what else he was in before that. Because I just read. I don't know what else he was in. I read Anthony Daniels' autobiography recently, yeah. and like towards the end, he's talking about like all his relationships with everyone in the movies, and he talks about how sad. Alec Guinness was that at the end of his life, he was only known as Obi-Wan Kenobi and everything else that he was in was kind of negated from star Wars. Like everyone's like, Oh no. Like, like when he died, it was star Wars actor, Alec Guinness instead of everything else that he had done, which is, which is sad. And I I know he had mixed feelings on that movie to begin with. So yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. So I think I might have to do a deep dive on his stuff. Oh, can we? Maybe. We should for him. Yeah. Maybe just one. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Anything else? Disaster movies. Disaster movies? That's another that's another genre I don't love. It's it's not that I don't know them, I don't love that genre. Okay, so what 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 movies do you classify in as disaster films? I'm talking like uh San Andreas, Dante's Peak, um Oh, I mean, Volcano, obviously. Um, Dante's Peak Tomorrow, is great. 2012. These are all great movies, and he's just naming them off as being bad. <laughs> well, I had a feeling that would be a little bit like, I don't know, I think it's the same, where it's like, I here comes Cynical Devin, but I'm like, all right, well, the world's going to explode, and this action here is going to survive it with his kids. And like that's just how I get whenever like a disaster movie comes on. And, like, I, I think I can only watch so many things blow up before them blowing up isn't cool for me anymore. But you yeah. watch superhero movies. I know! <laughs> I don't know why that's my exception! What is wrong with me? Uh... Guys, See, I've seen San Andreas, here. and that was the first disaster movie to actually, like, hit me to a point. Really? Yeah, no. Because... No, I'm afraid to watch that one. San Andreas... What's different about San Andreas than a lot of other disaster movies that I've watched is that the injuries and the way that they depict things is extremely realistic. So oh, two of the characters are in the top floor of a skyscraper, well, a short skyscraper, and an, and the earthquake hits, and mm-hmm. they're in a restaurant, and everybody starts mm-hmm. to freak out a little bit, and then people aren't freaking out because it's L.A., and then it hits again, and when yeah. it's really bad, they show a chef come out of the kitchen in flames because a grease fire started, and he's on fire. You've got people uh... freaking out. You've got you've got people who are running up to help, and they see how badly he's injured, and they can't help him, and they back away. And then they show wow. people getting crushed by concrete falling from the ceiling, and they show it. So, Devin, enjoy living in California. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, it's, guys, it's so great here. Uh, but then there's other stuff because it's The Rock, and it's just, it's silly. <laughs> it's... I, I love The Rock, though. I really do. But he's in it, so that's why you should use that as kind of like your like, shoehorn. My gateway. And, yeah, that should be your shoehorn into the whole I, disaster I thing. want one of you to find me a disaster movie that bucks genre standards so I can watch it and be happy about genre movies. I'm that that is my unfair homework to you because I know you what's, both have so much free time. What's the uh rampage? Is that even a good movie? It's it's a natural disaster slash monster movie. Okay. So it jumps genres. Okay. And it's the rock. Yeah. So just go into it wanting to be entertained <laughs> and to laugh a little bit and you'll be fine. Yeah. Don't expect too much. Okay. Just expect to be entertained. Okay. Okay, I can get behind that. Rampage. I feel like you can just name Rampage. any rock movies and it will fit the <laughs> the homework you just gave us. Uh, you mean Disney's Jungle Cruise starring The Rock? Coming soon to a theater near you. Coming soon. I can't. Ugh. Uh, why? <laughs> hey, you're the one who gives Disney all their money so they can go make this stuff. I don't want to hear That's it That's true. I, I probably funded this on my own. Yeah. Like, you're the reason they Ugh. got The Rock and Emily Blunt in that movie. You know what? That puts me back to another <laughs> thing. True, for though. how cynical, for how cynical you are, I'm really surprised yeah. you're as big as a Disney fan as you are. <laughs> like, because every time we come to talk about a film, like I'm waiting for you to bring up stuff like you did today, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why when we watched Demolition Man. I was just expecting you to come be like, oh, it's so many '90 tropes. That's why I was no. so afraid that you were going to do that for Demolition Man. 
No, but sometimes it was so cute. Like, oh my god, I think about the the phrase murder, death, kill daily <laughs> now. I don't I, know why, but I, I just I can't do. stop thinking about the damn seashells. So. <laughs> I, no, no, yeah, because I know what the, how they work now, so like that part of my mind is at rest, but like it's so disturbing. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. Little, little clamps. <laughs> but still, oh, I'm just surprised that you're as big of a cynic as you are in being this big Disney fan. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I I think I'm selectively cynical, and when I am, it's like this it's like this roaring, like stupid beast. And then like sometimes I can just shut it off and be like, oh, but it's Disney, it's cute. It's because you go to Disneyland, drink the Kool-Aid, like literally, if like you go to a lot of college, like there's something in the air there that they're just drugging you. <laughs> it has to be. You go to the Galaxy's Edge, you get Jedi mind tricked into buying shit you don't need. That was so real. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I have a question, and I think Devin, okay. were, were 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 you ever on a semi-routine basis forced to watch movies or TV shows you didn't want to watch as a kid? Let me think about that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I, th- I was. I think that's where you get it from because I can be the same way. Because really? there's a ton of movies when I was a kid that I did not want to watch, but yeah, that's what my parents were doing, so I had to watch it too. Yep. This was my sister. So, like, Alan, when you said, like, you grew up with, like, your sisters watching rom-coms, my sisters grew up with a lot of, like, musicals, like, like, Annie and Sound of Music and Cats and all of that stuff, like, and, like, I didn't want to watch them. They were always on, and, like, I just got so burnt out from them and so cynical. So, like, I'm glad you came away liking rom-coms, because I, opposite happened to me. <laughs> I mean, it's not my go-to genre. Like, I won't go to the theaters to see a rom-com Sure. That often, because it's the kind of thing that are better just to watch at home. Yeah. But like, I don't hate the genre. Like, I'm open to trying yeah. new ones. So. Yeah. I get that. And I'm, I like don't hate musicals. Like, I'm gonna go see Frozen the musical in like a week. Oh, nice. Because well, because I'm drinking the Disney Kool Aid and it's a musical. Yeah. Yay me. <laughs> Devin, you you gotta let it go. Oh God, oh, it hurt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to touch on with uh, what was the movie? Oh yeah, the holiday. <laughs> no, I think I'm good. Okay. So next week we will be watching another holiday film, a holiday yeah. classic. We've got a lot of podcasts coming up. We've got. Um, yeah, we do. Next week will be a year without a Santa Claus. And uh, we Can't also wait. have our holiday special special coming up. Yeah. We have a Star Wars holiday special special coming up. And we have a Star Wars episode coming up. So we've got a lot of could things be, coming in the month. next uh, week or two. So yeah. stay tuned. But before all of that, tune in later this week for our review of Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1 through 3. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be a, six right it's, it's five parts so five parts okay but yeah we're gonna once that's done airing we're gonna record that tomorrow so good yeah Boy. so for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and ryan sounds so excited oh <laughs> ryan see you next week <laughs> no wait <laughs> <laughs> see you friday there we go <laughs> <laughs>